Hello, I'm Ramey. And this is Dakota. And you're listening to Leveling Duo, the podcast where two good friends talk about video games that they like. You went last time, Dakota, and I've told you what we're talking about this time. Yeah, I believe you told me we were going to be talking about Portal. Yes, Portal. Now, I don't know if anybody is going to play this again or not, but there will be spoilers for the story, what little there is of it in the first one. It came out in late 2007. Is part of the uh, orange box on Windows, PC, and Xbox 360. I mm-hmm. got it on the Xbox because I really liked Half Life 2, and it came with Half Life 2 and all the you know that DLC. It came out with Half Life 2. And you got all of it in one nice box for the Xbox 360 called the Orange Box. Mm-hmm. I don't think they expected it to be such an, a good game. They knew it was polished, of course, but they didn't mm-hmm. know people was going to love it. Well, I mean, it was pretty simplistic concept, but made leaps and bounds as far as like game physics went oh yes i played the entire half-life series in the box before i got to portal and it was just the last thing there and i'm like okay fine there was Mm -hmm. also a multiplayer game like team fortress i don't remember what it was called uh i never played it never was a multiplayer person so i went straight to portal after i was done playing with mr freeman and you play as this girl you don't know her name at first but her name is shale she wakes actually i think in the first one you could be a dude or a girl you play as a girl in the second one it's canonical. It's a girl. Shale has been asleep in one of these little pods in this place. Have you played this game? I'm pretty sure you have, right? Uh, parts of it. Okay. Shale has been asleep in a stasis thing in this place called Aperture Science. It's They're the competitors for Black Mesa and Half-Life. Mm-hmm. The research centers and government-run stuff. And they were like Apple to the Black Mesa windows. They thought outside the box. They kind of didn't follow all the regulations for safety and all that. So they would just put people through tests. Okay. The AI who runs Aperture Science Laboratories, which is a massive base underground, uh, the AI has poisoned every scientist in the place of deadly neurotoxin. (laughs) Kind of a resident evil. Yeah, except she's cooler. Gladys is the name of the AI. It's just basically pick up an object and drop it on this plate and it will open Mm -hmm. a door. And then eventually you get this portal gun. You shoot an orange and a blue portal different places and you can go through one and come out the other. It's how you solve all these puzzles. You carry cubes with you most of the time to drop on these plates, or you use the portal gun to get the cubes to go places. Now, there was another dude who survived, afflicted of something. I can't remember. I think it was schizophrenia, and he only had enough medicine to get him around so long, and he knew he needed to save it for when somebody might be able to fight off Gladys. So he saved it until Shell woke up and seen she was doing so well, and then took the medicine to try and help her out. But you never really seen the guy or anything. Mm-hmm. You've seen his art he drew on the wall when he was not well. And it was all making her out to be an evil demon and all that stuff. And she promised you cake, Gladys did. The cake was always a promise. You'd get to the end of the obstacle course you had to do, and the cake is yours. And she would warn you, this room is full of acid. It will kill you if you touch the floor. This room has lasers, or this room has turrets. They're like little egg-shaped things. They will shoot you dead and fill you full of holes. (laughs) And she always had this attitude towards her, kind of sassy and condescending sometimes, Gladys Mm -hmm. did. She all never spoke. Not once. I do remember that. Yeah. It was a short game, but near the end, you realize that the cake is a lie. If you ever hear that, it's from this game. I know there's probably... I do know that. (laughs) Yeah. I I know there's younger people who do not know that. Near the end, she's going to drop you into an incinerator pit, and you go off and use the portal gun to escape, like I guess no other test subject has done before. Mm -hmm. She's like, no, I was joking. Come on back to the test chamber now. It was another test. That's all. She's just trying her best to talk you out of going after her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, you can see that the test chambers have been monitored by nobody because the rooms are empty. And that's when you start learning everybody's dead. There was never people here the whole time you were testing. Mm-hmm. 
Through one of the tests, you get this cube with a heart on it. She calls it a companion cube. You go through the whole test to do it and how cool the companion cube is. People get attached to it, and then you have to burn it in the end to get through the test. It's just part of the test. But that's mm-hmm. as well before you escape, try to go after Gladys. Eventually, you do get to Gladys. You put corruption cores on her, like AIs, little tiny AIs that are mm-hmm. mad in their own way, and that will corrupt her core and make the system disable her, pretty much. So you pop those onto her. There's not, like I said, not much story in the first one. The second one has a lot more story. It was just an add-on to a whole big game series. They just thought, it, oh, it would be nice to throw us in there. People loved it. But eventually you do corrupt Gladys, and she's trying to talk you down. You do disable her and escape. And that's the last thing you see in the game, is you escaping, getting sucked outside, it basically up and out. As she mm-hmm. exploded or imploded, it sucks you up to the surface. And then the last thing the game shows you is you getting slowly drug by like a something into the chamber again. And then this lovely song plays at the end. A little ominous, but carefree. Yeah. The song is actually sung by Gladys. In the second game, you wake up, and you could tell the lab is kind of a mess. Mm-hmm. And the second game was its own game. It was hours and hours long, not just, you know, a three or four hour game at the most. You start off waking up, and it's like a hotel room this time. Mm-hmm. instead of a little pod. It's an automated voice, but it doesn't sound like Gladys. It's a dude's voice, and it says, you have been asleep for nine, 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 nine days. It just goes on and on. There's so many nines. Damn. And then all of a sudden, this little orb, one of those AI spheres you stuck on Gladys, mm-hmm. not the same one, but another one, shows up. He says his name is Wheatley, and he's here to monitor the test subjects and all that. The base has been so badly maintained over all this time that it's about to go critical, the reactor is, and he wants to get out of there with you to help him. Because he's on a rail on the ceiling, mm. and he can't get out on his own. He's not very bright. You get that right off the bat, because he starts ramming into things with your, what looks like a shipping container attached to a crane, surrounded by other shipping containers. Mm. Yeah, that's that's how they store their test subjects, apparently. You just get like a hotel room, it's a shipping container, skyscraper-style stacks everywhere. So there's a lot of other ones. He just picked you, I guess. You could see a big wall in front of you. It says, dock here, with arrows pointing down. Mm-hmm. And the Wheatley, the little AI, says, okay, we're about to dock with this wall. And he just rams into the wall instead of going down to the dock over and over until he busted the wall. So you're stuck with an idiot bot, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I remember Wheatley. Yeah, Wheatley, uh, I liked him at first. He was just an idiot. He gets you in there. You find one part of the portal gun, because uh, as a training part in the first game, the very beginning, the tutorial, you only get one portal instead of both portals in that one gun. So you have a portal gun that only shoots one color portal, an orange or a blue. I can't remember which one it ends in the tutorial. But there's other portals already placed in places to get you the idea how the portal gun works. You go through the whole thing, exploring, and then he's telling you about this. Uh, I suspect the scientist might have survived afterwards. The one I said was uh, schizophrenic or something. In the beginning of this next game, you see more drawings that shows Shell defeating Gladys. Mm-hmm. So he must have been alive for it, you know? Mm-hmm. Wheatley's like, oh, you know what really finally took her out? Huh? It, it was a, a human. A human actually done it. A woman. He don't realize it's you at the whole time. I don't know if you're meant to realize it's you the whole time from the first game. Because when you finally get somewhere to escape, you have to activate all these breakers. Mm-hmm. But it's Gladys's old chambers. And she's laying there dead or whatever, you know, where you killed her. Wheatley, being the idiot, activates an elevator that flips all the breaker boxes on. And then Gladys wakes up. And the first thing she says is, oh... It's you. She does call you a, a mute lunatic because you never talk. Right. Then she just picks up Wheatley with a little hook and throws him off somewhere. You suspect he's dead. You go through the whole thing of test chambers as she sent you the testing. The whole time, trying mm-hmm. to make you feel bad for killing her. Mm-hmm. 
she says, you know what goes around killing people that never done any harm at all? No one. No one does that. That's just you. And she just says things that she, as an AI, thinks is something to insult you, you know? You step on these lift pads, it's supposed to launch you like a little catapult, kind of launch you across the room to do a test. As you are on this launch pad, it keeps exceeding the weight limit, is what the audio <laughs> keeps saying. Is it exceeding the weight limit? She went, oh, well, I'll just add a few more zeros here. She, you hear it go beep, beep, and it still oh, beeps and breaks. So she said, oh, let me just add some more. And he's like, beep, 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 beep. And she's like, there, that should do it. And she sends you flying mm. on that little jump pad. And then she said, oh, look at you, soaring like an eagle, piloting a blimp. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Wheatley starts showing up again, though, the little dude. And he's like, I'm talking in a voice that she can't hear me in because he's changed his voice. And then a bird attacks him because he messed up her nest. Eventually, Gladys does see him. And she's like, I can hear you, funny little ball. And by that point, she's completely restored the labs. All of them are beautiful. Nice, white, clean surfaces. No rust in sight. All the walls have been repaired and not longer bowing or anything. She must have a lot of backup stuff sitting around. Mm -hmm. You take Wheatley, eventually. He tricks her into dropping you somewhere, which is surprising. He actually managed to get you out of the test chambers. Saves you. So you take Wheatley, go to the turret system, those AI little turrets that shoot you up. And you replace all those with defective ones. So if she wants to drop a turn on you, it's just going to be broken. And then you go and implode her neurotoxin containers so that they can't be used against you. Because she did have a bad habit of that in the boss fight against her, of filling the room with neurotoxin. It worked for her before, why not again, you know? Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. So after all that, she eventually tricks you into a room, drops a bunch of turrets around it. And she says, if I knew it was this easy to catch you, I'd have just done this a long time ago. And they're all broken, and they explode, bust the glass on the little room you're stuck in, so you can get out. And then she tries neurotoxin. That don't work. The only thing that comes out of the neurotoxin dispenser is Wheatley coming rolling down, and he lands mm. beside you. She says, wow, you've been busy. It's a nice little puzzle for a boss in a game that really is all about puzzles. It's less combat, you know? It was pretty fun. It was. It was memorable. Eventually, you do put enough corrupted cores on her again to corrupt her, and maybe you just have to arbitrate because they realize she's corrupt. Yeah, they already realize she's corrupt. And it's like, corruption detected. Uh, secondary AI core or whatever notice in the room. Somebody needs to arbitrate because both of the AIs have to agree to replace her. She said no. Wheatley said yes. They said they need an arbitrator. That's when you, as the arbitrator, because you're the only person in the room, mm -hmm. has to go press that button. Press the button. She is replaced by Wheatley. Mm -hmm. And as they're both getting drug into this pit to... Uh, be you know switched about um he says wait this is going to hurt isn't it and she says yes it's going to hurt a lot and she's just being mean petty wheatley takes over lowers the elevator for you to get into after that he starts to go corrupt himself he's like no why don't you just stay for a while stops the elevator drops you and then he's put gladys on a to a potato as a potato battery mm -mm. so she's got very limited processes and now she's just sitting there talking and then he throws her into a pit beside him and then he gets mad at you for no reason at all, blaming you for acting like you're so much smarter than him and everything. You haven't even spoke the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then he knocks you down with a big robot arm into a pit. And eventually you end up falling beside Gladys as a potato. She's like, so how are you doing? Because I'm a potato. She tries to crack a joke and it kind of shorts her out a little bit because she's only got so much power. It's just a weird little incident. You end up going down to like Aperture Science's old labs in the 70s and old salt mine. The last thing you remember when you fall is like Gladys being drugged off by that bird that Wheatley had made mad. I assume it's the same bird. You go through a whole list of things you find out about Gladys because 
The guy that built the company, Cave Johnson, had also had an assistant named Carolyn. Hmm. He's like, Carolyn, she's the best. And you find out Aperture back then, Cave Johnson's recordings in every room you walk in, tells you he had war heroes and astronauts and stuff like that as the first test subjects. They were doing their country a favor by showing up. The 70s era Aperture you're stuck in right now. Okay. It's just old, dilapidated stuff of pre-recorded messages. He says, okay, some of you are here to be injected with insect DNA to see if it helps with your reflexes or whatever. He said, that has been canceled. Instead, you will be fighting an army of mantis people or something (laughs) like that. He said, don't worry. Uh, Then he says, some of you are hearing about tumors. And if he's saying, oh, I don't have any tumors. Well, if you sit in the chairs in the lounge without using lead underwear, then you have tumors. Yeah, so he irradiated the chairs in the lounge before they even got told that was happening. He was not very good. Uh, eventually, you work your way through all that. You find out he's back then they weren't working on portal guns. They were working on jails. That one of them makes you bounce. One of them makes you run real fast. It's like just jails. You paint, you put on stuff. It makes this stuff happen. I don't know why they would even use that, but it was cool. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you could use a portal gun. You could use one jail to launch yourself real fast across something and through a portal across the wall or somewhere. And then you can use another one to jump yourself way up into a hole where you wouldn't be able to reach before or a portal. That was a nice, you know, added extra layers to the puzzles instead of just portaling. Right. As soon as you finish those puzzles, you get to the 80s era, another level up. And you can tell because the theme changes, the paint jobs change. And then you find Gladys sitting in a bird's nest. And she's like, help, save me, save me. And you save her. And you stick her on the end of your portal gun. And she's just, we got to stop that crazy guy. He's going to ruin us all. The whole place is going to explode. Because it keeps announcing that the reactors are overloading. Because he's not maintaining them. Which has been an ongoing issue in the first place. Yeah. It immediately became a problem again. Actually, she took care of it as soon as she got in charge. When he reactivated her on accident, she took care of that whole issue. It had to have taken, I can't remember, like a thousand years or so for that base to fall apart. As soon as he got in charge, it started falling apart. (laughs) That's how bad he is at everything he does. In the 80s, they've started taking in the homeless because all the war heroes, Cave Johnson says, Aperture Science, you might remember us from those lawsuits about missing astronauts and war heroes or something like that. You go through the 80s, you learn some more stuff. You learn Caroline was like his favorite person in the world. In the 80s era, you find this jail where they have been trying to, it's moon dust, turn into a jail like the other jails they've been working on. It lets you attach portals to it so you can cut this jail on. And it'll put a space you can add a portal to while the wall isn't white. Because portals only work on white walls for some reason. But the moon dust jail that you have in the 80s lets you put it in other places. You can just put that paint wherever. You go through all that, all the testing. And Cave Johnson, he also had a habit of telling you if you were in a control group or not. He says, my science always tells me that's not a good thing. I shouldn't be telling you if you're in a control group or not. He said, but I pay the bills around here. I'll talk about the control group all damn day. Up a level again, another era. And you find out that Cave Johnson is dying. Apparently, moon dust is cancerogenic. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. And he's got his science boys working on a way to upload his brain into a machine so he can become what we know as an AI. And they're the end of those whole sections you're nearing the end of you know you're getting back into the modern stuff you could tell mm-hmm. cape johnson's like last recording it says if they don't get this done in time for me put carolyn in it because she can run the whole place on her own she's bright mm-hmm. she can do it and that's when gladys realized oh god i'm caroline mm-hmm. carolyn and every time she gets real excited about something she'll shut off she just overloads her little battery she just she does test her sarcastic stuff occasionally she'll try something sarcastic and then play the automated clap in the background so she's oh that still works good <laughs> When she's trying to figure out how to get rid of Wheatley on the way up. Okay, here I go. Watch me scheme. And she sits off for a minute while she's scheming. So you don't hear her talk for a while. 
She just loves scheming. Eventually, we get up to the modern era where Wheatley has combined turrets and cubes to walk themselves onto plates to solve tests. But it isn't making him happy like it should be. He don't know why he wants this. And Gladys does explain. It's a part of the machine. It, it's like endorphins. Yes. Yes. It's like a drug to him and her. That's why she had to test all the time. They are in charge of a testing facility. They just want to do it badly. So he's trying to do this with these AI bot things that are stupid. They do wander onto the plates, but it doesn't give him the excitement because it isn't really a test. Eventually, you try to stop him by letting Gladys do her plan. She's trying to break him. This statement is false, is what she says. This statement is false. And then she said, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it. Because it could break her. But Wheatley, being so stupid, says, true. And he was just too stupid. And then you get stuck in his little test chambers, which are all so easy to solve that it's comical. He tries to get you to do the same test over and over to see if that makes him happy and comfortable. But it doesn't mm -hmm. work. Then he tries making them easier. He tries giving you the answer to a few of them, but it shocks him. It's real fun. Gladys like goads him into saying the answer to a couple of them just to watch him get shocked a couple of times. <laughs> you eventually do get out of the mess get to Wheatley. He had actually planned out well enough to keep you from getting to the button to remove a corrupt core. I'm pretty sure you do press the button and then that's when he gets you. As you are laying there about to die and get crushed by this thing, you see the moon above you in a hole that's ripped through the ceiling and you launch the portal gun up there and that causes a vacuum. <laughs> There's a portal with a lot of air on one side and one of none on the other. And then it sucks you and Wheatley through it. Mm -hmm. I do remember that part. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this robotic arm comes through there. He's like, let me go. We're all going to die. Let me go. And then she, you hear Gladys's voice says, I've already taken care of it. She grabs you with a robotic arm, pulls you back off mm -hmm. the moon through the portal, lets Wheatley go. He just floats off into space. You wake up and Gladys is in her true form, a big AI thing, big machine. She says, I've learned a lot being around you, mainly where Carolyn lives in my brain. And Carolyn deleted. So oh. she just deleted the one kind side she had. And she said, I also learned that usually the simplest solution is the best solution. So you want to leave? Just leave. And she lowers the elevator and lets you go. Hmm. Yeah, she's real kind like that. And she did explain to you later on, in the, earlier on in the game, that companion cubes are sentient. So you burning that one is pretty harsh. She also says, just to be mean, that you are the fastest person to have burnt theirs in their history. Just to say you're cruel, I guess. Damn. Yeah. But she does send you outside. And you see the world has changed. You're in the middle of a field. You can't tell that it's been thousands of years and the world's pretty much over because of the combine war and everything that happened in Half-Life. So you're standing there. And you're like, well, now what do I do? And you turn around and the door opens again and launches the companion cube half burn up out beside you. I guess she don't want you or your companion cube. I can't really say I've ever played the multiplayer. There is multiplayer in the second one, too. Gladys has two little AI creations she got to solve puzzles for her that somehow do help her out. Kind of find out near the end of their campaign, though. The mm. whole time you were solving puzzles was just to unlock a secret area that the scientists hid away full of other test subjects she could use. Mm. I think me and my sister played it a lot, Beth. Me and her did play a bunch. She did enjoy playing it by herself. It's one of those few games that she plays and enjoys. Uh, Scott plays it. You've played a little bit of it. I mean, I find it to be a fun game. It's just never one that I've sat down and tried to play through yet. Well, if you would like to, I do have a PlayStation 3 version of the Orange Box. And I think you can get Portal on Xbox, at least one form of Portal on Xbox Game Pass. Hmm. Uh, but I have all the Portal games. And if I can find them somewhere on Amazon for any console, I'll add them to our Amazon affiliate links in the description. But no, I, d I just really wanted to talk about it. Uh, the story I told was all over the place came out at a time I had just been through a rough time in my life, and it was real chill. At least the second one was, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it wasn't. I guess you can't say it was chill. It was kind of hectic. Places about to explode. But it was a real chill game compared to a shooter or something. I mean, like, just the gameplay itself was kind of, like, could be frustrating, but, like, relaxing for the most part. Yeah. The environment was relaxing. And you don't really have to be good at a puzzle game to enjoy it. Mm-mm. Because it's not a normal puzzle game. If you don't do nothing else, watch some YouTube videos of people playing this game. Because just listening to the background chat is the good that the AI does or the recordings and you can find it on steam too. If you're into that, mm-hmm. I don't play a lot of PC games anymore. I have a companion cube. My grandma bought me at the mall at, Oh yeah, you do. Don't you? FYE. Yeah. For a long time, portal logged GameStop shelves, merch everywhere. If you remember that, I remember that. Do you have anything that you remember particularly well about the game besides Gladys, I guess? Uh, not particularly, man. I mean, I played like bits and pieces of both one and two. Uh, me, I just kind of like, it's a game that made me chuckle a lot. It did me. I think it, the Gladys reminded me a lot of my Aunt Pinky. <laughs> um, I can kind of see that. Yeah, she had a bit of an attitude, but she was always there if we needed her. Mm-hmm. Gladys, not so much, but. No, she would try to kill you. Deadly nerd toxin. Mm-hmm. If you liked what you heard here, we have a podcast network called Gruesome Gaming Group. I'll leave the link in the description below. You could find a podcast that I do with my sister Beth called Brother Knows Quest. It's a podcast where I talk about tabletop role-playing games, and she decides if she would like to play that particular game. I pick a different one each week. I also have a podcast with my sister Beth called Horrific History and Hauntings. It's a podcast where we talk about horrific history and hauntings and stuff history books don't talk about, or just hauntings. I'm sure the history books won't mention that. Like I said, all that will be in the description of this episode. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe if you like this. We're going to start branching out doing actual video content instead of just static images with audio in the background. Yeah, we're uh, contemplating on maybe doing a uh, D&D campaign or something. Well, tabletop campaign, anyway. Yeah, some sort of... Something that's uh, in the works to... If we can figure it out, hopefully uh, our audience will enjoy it or at least find it interesting. Mostly it's an equipment problem right now. Yes. But we're working around that. Uh, I'm looking into some stuff. Any other links to shop for anything in the links would be Amazon affiliate links most likely. If you find them, I don't know if I can find anything for this. If you can review us on your podcast player app, that'd be nice. Because a lot of people use Apple Podcasts. I know you can review things. That'd be cool. Let mm-hmm. us know what you think. Get in contact with us. Any social links we have will also be in the description of this episode. Yep, and uh, just make sure it's a good, honest review. And if it's something we can fix, we will do our best to fix it if you don't like it. If you decide to pick up either Portal 1 or Portal 2 or both of them, uh, just get ready to have some fun. It's also a good uh, co-op game, so you know, get your significant other, or if you've got a kid, parent, cousin, friend, whoever, sit down and have fun. I have done that many a night. Just chilled with my portal. But I hope you find it and play it. If nothing else, try it on Steam. Oh, yeah. I've been Raymond. And this has been Dakota. Thank you for listening to Leveling Duo. Logging off. Logging off. <laughs>